Let's go down to the urban homestead, Pasadena by the freeway. Right down there on the urban homestead, Jules and his family are working away. Come on down to the farm in the city, back to the future, back to the plan. Right down there on the urban homestead, loving the life, back into the land. Oh, 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 help the garden grow, singing. Oh, 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 we've got to help the garden grow. Welcome to the Urban Homestead Radio. We are your hosts, Anise, Justin, Jordan. Special thanks to our sponsor, Layman's, in Kidron, Ohio. For over 60 years, they have provided practical, non-electrical tools and appliances and home goods. Our family has been a huge fan of theirs since the 1990s and have purchased many quality products for our own homestead. When technology fails, their products will certainly work. So check out their website and online catalog at layman's.com, and that's L-E-H-M-A-N-S.com. We appreciate the support of this podcast. Oh, oh, oh. Help the garden grow. Sing it. Oh, oh, oh. We've got to help the garden grow. Oh, oh, oh. Help the garden grow. Sing it. Oh, oh, oh. We've got to help the garden grow. Hi, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Today we have the pleasure of having our neighbor and friend, the lovely Karen Hirsch of Apron Strings Community Bake Shop. Karen supplies our farm box customers with some of the best sourdough bread in Pasadena. <laughs> so, hi Karen. And us. Thank you for joining us. Yes, and us, which we're joining today. Hi, dear Vases. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, Thanks for coming. Yeah, so um, we're just going to ask you a couple of questions and, you know, want to know how you're you know share your journey of how you are um making bread today so um magical mystery tour there you go so how did you become the bread lady of pasadena well that's a lovely title and i'm happy to embrace it <laughs> as of this very moment um i i think my first loaf of bread was in 20 uh was in aught no it was in 25 years ago and it was a brick it was an inedible weapon. doorstop weapon. There were many uses for it, Just none not of edible. which were not edible. Right. Um, but it was delightful. It was a joy. It, it was a kind of satisfaction that um, no other kind of baking had, had given me, even though I had carried on my grandmother's traditions of cooking and baking. My mother, it was a typical 1960s mm-hmm. household of mm-hmm. um, a homemade cake meant it was Betty Crocker out of the yeah, box because yeah. we made it at home. Yeah. So, but my my grandmother was a was a wonderful cook and baker, and my mother had her specialties. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd been making cookies, and then bread captured my fancy in the my fancy in the nineties. Mm-hmm. But then it wasn't till I'd say twenty eleven that. I first started making sourdough. And sourdough was practically a mystical thing because of its ancient alchemy, where you just put together the simplest of things, flour, water, and salt, and you don't just have a flat mass of gruel and yucky, sticky paste. It creates this 
fluffy, crusty, tangy, complex, edible food. And then when you throw in that it's been a food for thousands of years, that this isn't, doesn't depend on modern science, it doesn't depend on any modern ingredients, it connects us to ancestors and ancestors' ancestors and the look on people's faces was when I would feed them sourdough was um, so satisfying. And then when people started saying, how can I make this myself? And to help them take it from something that's complex, it can't be complex, mm -hmm. we've done this for thousands of years, um, then takes it to a whole level of other level of satisfaction that people can do this at home. And I'm happy for people who don't want to do this at home to sell them my bread. <laughs> um, but to empower people to take on one aspect in their life um, that connects them to something distant. Uh, I think those, those blended passions of loving the food itself and of knowing that it can be taught um, if that if that makes me part of Pasadena bread royalty, well then uh, I think those are the motivating factors. That's awesome. Yeah. For, so for beginners or people that don't, what is sourdough bread? So sourdough bread, whether it is literally sour mm -hmm. or mild, is a combination of wild yeast, yeast that exist in our, in your community on the on the flour itself and in the air. Um, and what happens to flour when you wet it and you incorporate the local bacteria and these local yeasts into a mass. And so what happens is um, the yeast feeds on the sugar, on the starches that are in the flour, converting them to sugar. The bacteria that's present anyway feeds off the byproducts of the yeast. And these very and create an acidic environment from their byproducts, from their waste. We don't really like to talk about really what raises the bread is the yeast and bacterial waste. Yes. Um, but this acidic environment then uh, pushes out harmful local bacteria and microbes. So you create this environment that inhibits staling or infection by the bad beasties and you've incorporated all these good beasties that by their nature they will raise your bread for you so you need nothing else except time and and flour and water because what's in the environment is going to create a sourdough culture and so, that culture is something you can keep going yeah, so how much hours does it take and how often do yeah. you feed it or Starter, so, sourdough, starter. Yeah, so that's sorry. So, so there's this myth that keeping a sourdough starter is keeping a finicky pet. <laughs> and the well, good, it is kind of you have to feed your cat, feed your dog, and feed your that's starter. That's true. So. It's more, but, but I it's not finicky. It's not that it doesn't right. walk it. It doesn't tell you to remember to feed me. So it is probably as finicky as the least finicky cat. So we see, you know, some cats will just like hang around happy that you feed it and they don't demand anything else of you. This is even one step easier than that even um, and it won't meow and if you keep it in your refrigerator you might want to feed it once a week. 
and you feed it by giving it more flour and water and stirring it up. Give it a little bit of air um, and, flour, and flour and water. Once a week, because I know people won't, don't bake every day, but you can keep your starter alive forever just on a once a week feeding. And um, it's very resilient. So even when it begins to look like it's not bubbly and active, um, you can probably bring it back to life by giving it a little flour and water repeatedly. Um, some people do take the idea that it thrives on neglect a little bit too far. <laughs> and so you'll get an accumulation of alcohol on the top. Mm -hmm. So if you were a beer maker, you'd, ha you'd have a beverage. You'd mm -hmm. pour off that alcohol, you'd have a beverage. The yeast is doing in bread just what it would do for your mm -hmm. barley malt. And um, you just pour that off though, use it for hooch, use it like mm -hmm. moonshine, <laughs> and then just stir there's back there, in your... Or there's like beer bread or something yeah, yeah. too. Yeah. True, true. Mm -hmm. you can just add it in. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not crazy about a strong alcoholic <laughs> flavor in the bread. I like to keep my yeah. alcohol mm -hmm. beverage mm -hmm. and, and my bread, bread separate. You're purist. Separate. <laughs> I'm a purist. I don't like things so, to touch. So how old is your starter? <laughs> my starter is seven years old. Have you killed any of it? I haven't killed any of it, but I do keep some on reserve, just in case. Just in case. So, so you can dry you it. Yeah. You can you can spread it out real thin. Take your starter, which for me I like to keep it about the thickness of thick pancake batter. Spread it out on parchment paper or wax paper, and let it cover it and let it air dry at room temperature. When it's really dry, break it up into bits. Put it in a baggie and put it on your shelf. So then you back up. You back up, <laughs> just like computers. <laughs> Ancient technology needs backup, drive, just like yeah. modern technology. Do you find those like I'm not sure if you've gotten this far. Is there benefits to local yeast, like consuming the local yeast in your environment? There is some write-ups and some research mm -hmm. that say um, those who have a sensitivity to other bread, breads, store, mar store breads, commercial breads. If they eat more locally made breads, whether they make it in their home kitchen or they buy it from a local baker, that they can have more of a tolerance for the local yeast and local bacteria. The, the difficulty is that there's so much complexity mm -hmm. in the, in the, the life forms. Right, the very, so, is the flour you're using also relatively locally grown, locally milled? They say that that there's some research that shows that so small kind of, farm. What kind of grain? Right. What kind of flour, yeah. The grain. The flour. Yeah. The grain matters, yeah. and so if you are making your uh, homemade bread using local using local wild yeasts and bacteria, because that's what'll be there, but using grain grown in the distant reaches of Canada, <laughs> does that defeat the purpose? Mm -hmm. there's, not, there's really not enough research to show, to break down all the variables, no. Justin, like you said. Um, so the experimentation and the research, there, there is just a thirst for it. Mm -hmm. um, I do find, and this is just anecdotal, mm -hmm. that some people who are sensitive to what they think might be the gluten in bread, but it might be the pesticides and commercial wheats. Mm -hmm. It um, could be the wheat itself because it's genetically modified. Right. And it's not the same. Right. Mm -hmm. Now the good news is we don't mm -hmm. grow in the United States any genetically modified wheats. Okay. 
buy. It's a hybrid wheat. It's hybrid, a hybrid but wheat. Hybrid wheat, yes, but it's, wheat has been hybrided for big millennia, commercial yeah. farms. And the soil is not the same as it and was. The soil is depleted, so I I put as local flour as mm -hmm. I can get, and we're lucky because we have a local mill here, here in Pasadena, Pasadena. Mm -hmm. and she has relationships with small wheat mm -hmm. farmers mm -hmm. in the western states. For mm -hmm. us, that would be our local. Yeah, uh, and I read somewhere that also not only is it the flour and the soil, you know, and the chemicals used, the pesticides used, however, it's the modern um, way of where, where we're getting loaf bread, and it's so quick ro risen right. that the, the I guess yeah, what yeah, the, yeah. the chemical reaction between the, the, alchemy, the, yeah, yeah. the alchemy between the, the quick rise yeast to the to the proteins in the in the flour. Yeah. There's some thing that they're saying they're going for quick, and yes. yet it's, it doesn't. It's, you know, maybe your body can't assimilate uh, that. So we're digest it, or digest it. Whereas yeah. the sourdough is more natural. It's slow. How how? I think is it yeah, double fermented. Yes. You ferment yours how much? For at least 24. So hours. that's like double fermented. And mm -hmm. and with in the I'm imagining I'm seeing mm -hmm. some some great videos of the manufacturing process mm -hmm. of commercial mm -hmm. yeast, just yeah. like you were saying, mm -hmm. and I mm -hmm. that that they could produce a loaf of bread in three hours. Yeah, that's crazy. And and it is crazy. And even if you use commercial yeast at home, mm -hmm. you should give six hours. Mm -hmm. But sourdough, right, is yeah. that 24-hour process. At least. Yeah. At least. I mean, you can, it's fun to stretch that. Mm -hmm. How long can I ferment bread? Mm -hmm. And do you get, do you, is it a, a task of diminishing returns where the product at the end of a 72-hour isn't any better? <laughs> And um, the benefits, you don't increase benefits, although you might, that we, yeah, need yeah, some, we need some research. Error. So double, classified as double fermented for 24 hours. That yeah, be, there's... Do you consider your bread as double? Yes, I mean, I, I, there's, there's uh, sort of Very certification loose, terms loose. Are, are, there's not good enough either for words like artisan or long fermentation or even cool fermentation. So without labels, yes, that there is a fermentation time that happens over the first 12 hours and then sort of the second um, after shaping the, your, your dough into a beautiful tight little baby butt loaf, um, <laughs> then another 12 hours or so of fermentation. And if you're going to get benefits, I, I think at least 16 hours. Go for it. Go for it. And and the good Live thing the is, <laughs> it's that's not all active time. You don't have to sit there fiddling with it yeah. for that long. You mix it up and then you let it sit for a few hours. Let it work. Mm -hmm. Let it do its thing while you go off. Yeah, and bread happens. You know? Bread happens. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. Do you have bumper stickers? No, no, yeah, that happens. Yeah, maybe. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I think there'd be a lot of ones like eggs happen. Sourdough. Bread, uh, sourdough happens. Because then right. compost happens. Um, right. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah, because we've had, I mean, we've had a couple, you've, um, you've had a couple workshops here and everybody's really loving, love the workshops and, and with our Farm Bucks program, the customers that do get your bread, they have, you know, sensitivities to right. normal, normal bread and, and then of course, you know, it depends on your sensitivity, but they're, they're able to eat yours um, just because, Yay. you know, yes. It's it's a and they can tell that they have had such you know great comments of you read so amazing it's easily digested um, and it's you know it's it's you know it tastes good and it tastes good. And it tastes good that's right that's right because I don't know about the taste. Yeah, exactly Jordy that is such a good one because what is 
good is healthy food mm -hmm. if it's not delicious. Mm -hmm. Like you can yeah. force yourself mm -hmm. to get things in your body that mm -hmm. you don't like because they're good for you. Mm -hmm. But really, life Why not enjoy is it? about these simple pleasures. Enjoyment. Enjoyment of the food that we have been given on this earth that is so special everywhere you look. Mm -hmm. when, you know, the basic ingredients for living the good yeah. life. I read a quote Our actually hair. this very morning I thought it was very interesting. Mm. I can't, I'm paraphrasing, but it said, why save the planet, why save the land if you're not enjoying it? So a lot of people spend a whole lot of time, you know, preserving something right. and then they actually don't actually enjoy right. it. Right, right. So. And in a way that mm. makes, you've created unnecessary suffering in your life. And you've, you've just got to give yourself some moments of enjoyment. So the fact that people who haven't been able to eat bread, which I agree mm -hmm. is one of the greatest pleasures, pleasures of life, mm -hmm. right out of the oven. Right. And when people leave a class, the, the one thing I want is that they would email me two days later and say, I did it. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel it's so complicated. I want them to say, this isn't so complicated. I can do this. And they may have questions about the method because mm -hmm. technique matters. Um, but the fact that they are now empowered to do this for themselves is very much also a fit with the urban homestead philosophy of just do, do you talked about on one of the other shows about do choose one thing mm -hmm. to do in your life. Mm -hmm. And for some people, they might be called to put in their raised bed garden, and other people might be called to something Big in bread, the kitchen, yeah, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And so that is, that is so exciting to see. And the range of people who come to the class are, I've never baked a loaf of bread in my life, mm -hmm. to <laughs> experience. Right, the raise um, to experienced bread bakers, mm -hmm. even some pastry chefs mm -hmm. who have come, but who have, haven't ventured into sourdough breaking. Mm -hmm. What baking. I remember, I, I've been at your classes, because I live here. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can't escape from something. But I've enjoyed every here. single one of them, because not as not only learning more from you, but as you said, the people who attend, and a couple of that, couple of people who attended stuck out in my mind was, they were trying to reconnect to the feeling they had growing oh, up. Oh, wow. Yeah. Remember those? Yes, absolutely. They said yes. there was something there and they're trying yes. to find it again. Yes. And, and that, I think, is at the core of what grew my business, mm -hmm. oddly. So what I wanted to connect with was a grandmother feeling. Mm -hmm. um, I, I want, And I wanted everybody else to connect with their own. And it might have been an actual grandma but it might have been an imaginary <laughs> grandma they wished they'd had, but something in your life that f gives you, reminds you mm -hmm. of a moment of comfort. Yeah, community of one woman right. was saying that if she remembers growing up, yeah. the, the, the yeah. women got together and there was like the taste of bread and the, and yeah. the, and the women that was there, she was trying to find that. The community, and mm -hmm. even the, right, the, the old world communal bread baking mm -hmm. of, you're all going to bake your bread in the communal oven once every two weeks and I was just reading um, in a terrific new book about rye ba baking with rye about um, I think it was Scandinavian communities that would bake essentially twice a year their very hard rye Pripyat, and there the, would be the hole in the middle uh -huh. that they would string, string up, up. Wow. <laughs> on like a clothesline that would be six Didn't months worth of bread baking. Oh, that is amazing. And I know sourdough does tend to keep mm -hmm. 
more than other kinds of commercial mm -hmm. yeast home baked breads, mm -hmm. but that was astounding yeah. that you would have your, your family year. bread. Right, mm -hmm. but the whole community, all the women would mm -hmm. gather and do the bread and they'd fire up that oven. Mm -hmm. Why waste the fuel? No. I know, I think that a lot of, if you look at art, you look at um, well, mostly art music and music and um, even literature sometimes it's around you know threshing harvesting wheat yeah, there's yeah. pictures you know the, the paintings or yeah. women in the fields people yes. in the fields uh, you know um, going to the mill uh, you know then then the still life of bread and, and, yes. and fruit and wine and so it all revolves a, a lot around field to you know farm, farm and to table that, stuff that people so. did together mm -hmm. that you do together that you you share the work you share the knowledge mm -hmm. you share the activity and then you celebrate afterwards with whatever the fruits mm -hmm. of your labor the fruits mm -hmm. of your harvest mm -hmm. my sister lived um, in Italy for a while on the island of Sardinia and there's still a, that old world culture there mm -hmm. and at Christmas time the women would gather yet to you know kill the wild boar and mm -hmm. do yeah, which was and um, but also to make the community's Christmas traditional Christmas baking mm -hmm. and the image of that is what is what drives me and why I've loved to share it in, in classes um, I have I have a fantasy which uh, um, of a real of a brick and mortar bake shop but the shelves would be full of we live in we live here in this northwest Pasadena, in a very diverse community lots of cultures but and the, so the bakery shelves of this bake imaginary bake shop i have would be filled with the traditional breads that our local neighborhood bakers would be so one day it would be here are Armenian. featured, right, yeah. Armenian breads. Here's featured the breads of El Salvador. Here's featured, just, and so that the community members would come and be able to point to this and go, this is me, this is us, these are my people, and share it with the rest well, of the Well, in Pasadena, community. you just go a little north, there's the there's Armenian stores, right. you go a little south, there's we have the non, and, yeah, and so, and we, we have Indian breads. Diverse. We're so lucky, it's mm -hmm. so rich, and, and it would be amazing to have a communal space of bakers who did know their traditional mm -hmm. baking mm -hmm. to bring it because there's there's a world of sourdough breads that I, I don't know um, that would be wonderful to travel the world or mm -hmm. who needs to travel the world we've got it right here um, to learn the ways of sourdough mm -hmm. and every flower behaves differently and every flower in every part of the world behaves differently and so to learn how does this particular grain work here, where I live? And it, so that is also something that, that roots you both to your the distant ancestors, but also it roots you to the place where you live right now. Because we're going back to the bacteria and yeast yeah. colonies, they're local. Mm -hmm. um, there's a real argument in the, in the bread community mm -hmm. about can you take, say, the famous San Francisco-style mm -hmm. sourdough, very tangy, mm -hmm. very sour bread, mm -hmm. and take a sourdough starter from there mm -hmm. and go to another part of the world? Would it be the same? Would it be the same? Mm -hmm. Or would it eventually just More cultivate? More evolve, yeah, right. Into, right. into something that's yours. So there's actual research going on about that now, that, mm -hmm. that can't, how, or how long does it take mm -hmm. to, re, to evolve into to yours? Yeah, yeah. 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 To yours. to yours. Yeah, and so how how many um, loaves do you actually bake a week? You think I'm probably baking now um, uh, just 
40 loaves a week. And you are just, just by your just, and just, just, and it's just you. And yes. it's only 40 loaves. And it's yes. just you. Well, what, what is wrong with I you? I think that, I think, I know, I think the only is like. You do not you eat them all, right? Just, I know, I don't eat them all. <laughs> only 40, oh, okay. And like, as a, as a micro baker, I probably, I think I have feelings of like inadequacy compared to, yeah. right, compared yeah. to those But you who, are just one woman. Just one woman in a home, a licensed mm-hmm. yes. cottage food, home mm-hmm. kitchen with one, with one stove. One stove, <laughs> one, one not professional stove. I have been in a kitchen and it, it is, is tiny. It is tiny. Not, um, like not a, a little tiny. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but it's right. like yeah. not your, right. well, it's a California out. Yeah. <laughs> So like you guys, it's a hundred year old California craftsman with uh, essentially an a not state-of-the-art <laughs> kitchen. No, it's it, your simple it's kitchen. Yeah, and it's right. not built to have those... No. Or how, uh, these counter space not, is limited. That's right. And because, well, because then you have to <laughs> shove the refrigeration in there, which these houses were exactly. built. Exactly. I know exactly. yours. You're like, you have so no... Every, when it's time to <laughs> slow cool for men, mm-hmm. because we live in a hot climate, mm-hmm. not in the special summertime, mm-hmm. everything has to leave the fridge mm-hmm. that can leave the fridge <laughs> and the bread goes in its cases in the fridge for that la- for the last 17 hours or so and it's an interesting juggling act <laughs> to not have and don't we all dream of like expanding mm-hmm. having a place for everything yeah. everything in a dedicated fridge and Magazines yes. over stone, uh, yeah. Right. You want, you want to you double you think ovens, marble, making double ovens, yes. co- uh, cool <laughs> services to make. Did you, yeah, I think you said you wanted a wood stove, like a wood fire stove. Yes, I'd like yes. in the backyard in the uh, a good wood burning stove to then increase that. And that actually, the the beginning of even being able to make breads as in a home kitchen, the cottage food law came out of. A gentleman, mm-hmm. yes, who, local gentleman, Mark, Mark Stambler, who was my hero. Mm-hmm. His bread was LA amazing. Bread breakers, right? LA Bread Bakers. Mm-hmm. So if you are local, if you happen mm-hmm. to live local, look yeah, up local. LA Bread Bakers. Mm-hmm. Um, join LA Bread Bakers, and um, there's also a, a wonderful a, a woman who uh, a teacher and sourdough baker, um, Teresa Greenway has mm-hmm. a. a Facebook page called Perfect Sourdough, and you can mm-hmm. learn so much mm-hmm. from that too, if you're not local. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the idea of a kitchen that could support truly, you know, a hundred loaves a week, well, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. But I'm limited. Um, oh, I was talking about the cottage food lot. So Mark Sandler had a wood-fired right, uh, oven in his backyard, and was selling breads to local shops. Mm-hmm and was raided <laughs> by the health department mm-hmm. and he said there ought to be a law mm-hmm. this ought to be allowed mm-hmm. and then lo and behold mm-hmm. with a lot of hard work they mm-hmm. made the cottage food law in california pass mm-hmm. for uh effectiveness in 2013 and so that's when mm-hmm. i got my license mm-hmm. in my little my happy little <laughs> kitchen <laughs> um, house. Yes, it sounds you. like you're just a little bit passionate about yeah, bread so it was pretty hot the past week. Do you enjoy baking on a 110 degree day well, without well, AC and without? Well, <laughs> enjoyment. Or you just enjoyment like, is one word to describe it. Pleasure and pain is that's mixed. right. That's right. You try and get in a headspace of it's hot. But it doesn't mean anything. It's, it's just hot. But I'm baking 40. But it's, that's it. But I'm baking and I'm hot. But, but I'm happy baking. But I'm like baking, so I'm just hot. 
God. <laughs> and so that I'm, I try not to add layers of suffering on top of the fact that it's just it's just oh. hot. <laughs> and so a 90 degree day is a relief. I know you're like, oh, it's so what it's a nice cool. Cool. It's like a you know, it's like a, it's like, oh, I was wearing, out a, I was wearing a light sweater this morning. I noticed like, you guys really? saved the jam making till it came down from 110. Well, I didn't know that. I didn't plan that, actually. I was worried there for a couple of days. I was like, oh, I know. I had everything to do with that. But no, I was, I was worried about that. It's just that good. There are definitely times where I'm tempted to say, no bread for you. No bread for you. No bread for you. Right, bread nuts. Right, no bread for you. It. It's an interesting time during our Southern California August and September. Yeah. September and early October yeah. mainly are pretty brutal. Killer. Yeah. Think uh, uh, November, December, January, February. I bet you oh, love it. It's like more than heat up the whole yeah, house. Like free <laughs> yes, it's just have don't we don't need any heat yeah, on because the bread. I do wonder how the regular ovens. Um, so I, I bought a new oven a few mm -hmm. a few years ago, but it's just because the old one failed. Mm -hmm. And I I will see how that bread schedule mm -hmm. works on uh, on just an ordinary home oven. Mm -hmm. That will its lifespan mm -hmm. be the yeah. same. But if you're a home bread baker and you're baking once a week, mm -hmm. you can use electric oven, mm -hmm. gas oven, wood fired oven. You just have to get to know your oven and its peculiarities. Well, yeah, speaking of, you do all this on a just a regular home oven. And in your classes, there was a couple, you did a, um, you did one bread in this expensive pot. Right. Which was built especially for bread, but you actually recreated and bested it by doing it in a m less expensive or, way. So you were telling people you don't have to buy all yes, this equipment. Yes, that's right. So it, there is the, the, feeling I think in our modern foodie mm -hmm. cooking era that to create some of these things some of which are ancient foods mm -hmm. you have to have special equipment and for some things you might want the traditional way of cooking a thing but my belief is that bread is a daily f a daily food mm -hmm. and so it should be able to be made with the ordinary equipment you have mm -hmm. around the house so you don't need expensive equipment. So the, the method that I told people was an ordinary just baking sheet with an overturned um, oven mixing safe bowl, yeah. mixing bowl and you're covering the raw dough when it goes into the oven to create steam. Unlike regular breads you might make in a loaf pan, but those benefit from a little steam also, or other braided kinds of loaves. Um, sourdough really benefits from a hot, steamy environment like you would get in a brick, uh, um, a fire, br uh, wood-fired oven. And so you recreate that in our ordinary, um, ordinary ovens which vent out steam and they vent out gases um, and they vent out heat. So you're, you want to recreate a hyper-hot hyper steamy environment and if you turn something over on that lump of dough you're just going to be shocked you, you should do one experiment where you With do your without right it. i think that pot right. was like a hundred and something dollars and you right. get it but the one that you did with right. just a baking sheet and overton it was better in my opinion and it was all ice cubes or and you yes. well you you can mm -hmm. but you don't even you have, don't to have to put to. a couple ice cubes underneath the bowl near the loaf of 
bread before it cooks to then is it the mm -hmm. ice cubes evaporate they create even more steam but you know what make it even simpler don't, mm -hmm. don't even Never put know. the ice cubes I thought that in. was amazing because everybody was like oh I want one of those and these beautiful pots yes. I mean, beautiful. we bought it, it and we bought it and we said look at it and they were just like oh right. I can do this tonight right and they went home thinking I can do this tonight I don't have to awesome. I don't have to buy anything and the same with I think people see for those of you who have like looked at um, how do I how do I, uh, what do I keep the bread in while it's rising? Mm -hmm. the, the last rising is called the final proof. And so people have fancy rattan baskets and <laughs> that leave beautiful imprints on mm -hmm. the bread. Just put a, a cotton cloth in a colander or a bowl, mm -hmm. rub flour into the towel and plop your piece of dough into that and then cover it with another mm -hmm. towel. You don't need any expensive. Mm -hmm. Yes, I thought it was amazing. But you do at your class, which I think is one of the most, um, I guess, entertaining part of the class is when the, you know. Singing, my singing. When we, we cue the There's slots the or music. Well. Yeah. That, yeah, right. Yes, and so you you get the knife, the loaf, and you hello loaf, and then you get your knife and you slash the loaf. It's basically it's. But it was all about the angle. You have to get that. So you have to cut it at the right angle. Slash it. And it's a so tell us about slashing slashing that loaf, which looks you see breads at artisan bakeries with these gorgeous patterns, not stencil patterns, mm -hmm. but beautiful nice. patterns where the dough is risen away from the rest of the loaf and creates a sharp edge. That edge is called the ear in English, and or other kinds of uh, even looking at a baguette where mm -hmm. you see how the bread has separated in five spaces down a traditional baguette. And so you get that with slashing with a razor blade or a serrated knife. Um, and it's done for two purposes, for, for decorative, but also you are instructing your dough where to open up and split. Because otherwise a bubble Otherwise it, it'll blow, it'll blow out the so side. there's a method to that madness? There's, there's a, a method, method. Here. to it. It may just be pulling out a knife and stabbing at raw dough. <laughs> or there may actually anger be a method to there are, right, anger, anger, Make it pretty. Yes. So see how many purposes it serves? Get you out make your it gritty. You can make it beautiful. And you should experiment with it. But the one thing slashing demands is confident, <laughs> swipe of your arm and so in a way it also teaches enter into a new situation with with acting as if you are courageous if you act as if you are courageous you can get by with you can fake your way through a lot of things so we I continue to make it that's me fake it till you make it so there you are you have your you're a new bread baker you have your raw dough you've spent time shaping it into a little round ball or a baguette shape and now you're taking your knife and the beginner yeah, like, I've seen it. I've watched it. Yes, poke at it right timidly. When instead you you have to imagine yourself an opera singer at La Scala. You have to imagine yourself the biggest, boldest, baddest mm -hmm. person and doom, go for it. And it it may not be the most perfect first mm -hmm. slashes, but do it with mm -hmm. all the courage you can imagine facing a thing that that does fill you up with courage and go for it and you will get these lovely crispy edges those are my favorite <laughs> right you just want to pull those off and eat those yeah that's my favorite um and then a slashing pattern as you bake more bread 
you begin to create sort of your own signature slash <laughs> that people, your neighbors mm -hmm. will know when you give them loaves That's yours. who it's from. Mm -hmm. And that is another way to make friends with your neighbors if that's your desire. <laughs> <laughs> or not. Or not. <laughs> but it's also to. a way to, um, oh gosh, I, I'm sorry, I just caught sight of the zucchini <laughs> that's growing down the vine that's hanging yeah. off of the arbor is just is about two feet long and growing eight <laughs> feet circumference anyway sorry but the the slash of your dough um is in a way of, of even saying i've handmade this mm -hmm. here neighbor here neighbor you know you are welcome in my neighborhood i'm glad you're my neighbor here is home-baked bread with my signature on it. It's a work, it's a piece of art from your own oven. Yeah. Your classes are always fun and amazing. And like I said, I've attended them and usually filming or photography. <laughs> and I sit up there and I, I, I do watch the different people, how they slash. It, it, it is, is amazing. Is, you can they tell, kind of just like, you know what? That almost should be like a little edited video itself. I know, I really tell just the, yeah. slashing. the slashing. Mm -hmm. and what one lady just went, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, watch the stomach, but okay. Terrifying. <laughs> then you have to turn right in. All right, remember we're working with sharp <laughs> edges And here. what's going on in and your life? <laughs> talk to me, talk to me. I thought it's, that is a part, I'm glad Andy. Because it, it is nice to see the, how the different people interact with. And, and you guys are teachers, and, and you know that you know the the moment of um, improvising a response to each each student's needs. Mm -hmm. um, I was lucky; I was a middle school teacher, mm -hmm. um, and then taught teachers how to how to teach mm -hmm. for. I was in education for 20 mm -hmm. years, and there is a um, a sense of whatever comes up you know how to deal with it. Mm -hmm. That comes from teaching middle school. <laughs> and the school you taught at. And there were not, no, yeah. Right, and there were, right, it was, it was inner city Los, yeah, Angeles. inner city Los Angeles. The kids were amazing, it was fabulous, and there's really almost no difference between teaching a group of adults bread baking mm -hmm. than mm -hmm. teaching a group of inner city middle schoolers um, uh, uh, critical thinking around reading stories and literature. Um, and there is a courage that's required in attacking both mm -hmm. that are intimidating. So if uh, reading with critical thinking is intimidating to many middle school kids, slashing a raw loaf of bread is, well, except for this one woman who <laughs> attacked it because of some story in her life, I don't know. Um, it's, a, it's a similar sort of what's gonna happen today in this class and let's, let's run with it. What's your f um, question on like what's your favorite bake baking? Because I know besides bread, you, you do a Cookies lot of other things. And, and what's your most challenging? So between favorite and most challenging, um, my favorite bakes. I, you know, it's really hard. It's uh, uh, when I'm not with the one I love, I love the one I'm with. Mm -hmm. So if I'm making giant chewy ginger cookies, mm -hmm. oh, nothing could be better mm -hmm. than baking giant uh, uh, chewy ginger mm -hmm. cookies. A little crisp on the outside, mm -hmm. crinkles on the top. Mm -hmm. They they crack, but then they bend. Mm -hmm. You know, I, that's my most favorite. But then you when didn't I bring any of those, no. I didn't bring any of those. Spotted bread. Though. I brought you guys bread then. <laughs> you'll like, you'll just jam. have to put out. See, we had a jam time. class last night, so she was very considerate. Because I know you're going to need something to go with your jam. Um, and so all, all of my cookies are also 
grandmother kind of recipes, so they give me also a satisfaction. The, the best thing, so I, I, once a month I'm at our local Altadena Farmer's Market, and the little kids will come up, and their eyes just reach above the table, and I've samples set out, and they very politely grab a sample of something, then they grab another sample of something, then they grab another sample of something, and my first impulse, because I'm a grown, I'm a nasty grown-up, mm -hmm. was like, "Hey, kid, enough!" Mm -hmm. But then, the joy in their eyes mm -hmm. while they're having just a little piece of cookie—well, that's what I live for. That's the grandma. So, mm -hmm. then when they bring, they walk away. They bring back their parents mm -hmm. and point, yeah, point yeah. and say, "Yeah, you're very want. popular in a pop-up shop. That's for sure." Those are <laughs> so. Those when are we have so the at the pop-up shop, seasonal shows, ones for Christmas. Yeah, Christmas, yeah, Mother's Day, and everything. Gingerbread, so, yeah. and the lemon it was macaroons, a, macaroons you've done um, lemon, lemon, lemon pound cakes cake, or yeah. lemon tea cookies oh, and the challah bread the challah who doesn't love a challah but yeah I'm a lot taller than those kids that with the, <laughs> but I've done the little went to a pop-up shop I'm like sorry Karen you know you, you know who was just gave my heart such satisfaction when he would sample and try or yeah. wait to see what was left is your dad mm -hmm. your, yeah. it filled me with his, the yeah. most joy yeah. love to, to offer yes. bread to your dad that at the it, end of the pop-up shop yeah. Yeah. that right there was nothing and he would he would walk by and smell just like <laughs> samples any samples and i gotta say that nothing gave me more joy than that that was that was the best but the the pop-up shops sharing that space with the other local uh purveyors of goods who things you have on the farm stand, mm -hmm. meeting the people who are your farm stand customers. Customers, they get to meet you, we like, meet the bread breaker. So, <laughs> uh, we had one day, I think that was just meet the baker yeah, day, yeah, where yeah. it wasn't for selling breads, no, it was just, just here, yeah. eat, eat bread. The, right. Yeah. So that, the challah mm -hmm. is what I think of when I think about my grandmother. Yeah, and speak of your grandmother's ancestors, that, so there's, uh, there is a, a, a Jewish connection, yes. um, and, and, and is that, you know, that influence you, and I think you said something about French connection too. So tell us a little bit more about that. Well, the the uh, I'm trying to think of God. What did I mean when I thought there was? You were the French connection with the French Five. You said your grandfather. Uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to re-remember. Okay, re I'll have to re-remember. Re re I thought to, that was more to re-remember. To see if it was an actual memory yeah, okay. or if I made it. Well, up. you do have a Jewish background. I do. My so my heritage comes from Poland and Lithuania. And when I was little, and my grandma, who wore her apron up mm -hmm. above her fabulous belly, because she had given birth, uh, she had had 12 pregnancies, had eight children survive, mm -hmm. and so there was so food around mm -hmm. was about the most important thing mm -hmm. one could do. Mm -hmm. So she had oilcloth on her table or formica table, and I just remember her, her chipped nail her short fingernails and her chipped nail polish kneading out the challah bread and braiding bread or making rolling out to make noodles mm -hmm. um, and that is a memory that then didn't um, inspire me to start baking immediately there was sort of a delayed I was a closet I was a, a closet baker I was a closet baker until I came out fully <laughs> and um, it is her heritage of then of her mother my mother's grandmother and the women who could mm -hmm. uh, knew how to slaughter a chicken yeah, and yeah, bake yeah. the bread that mm -hmm. is just 
mm-hmm. with me still. So wh- there's also sort of a Chicago influence because my mm-hmm. ancestors then, my parents grew up in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And so there's things that I'm looking at adding to the baking repertoire that come from both of those heritages. Mm-hmm. Now right now I'm working on perfecting, and it'll be at the farmer's market this week, a traditional Jewish or New York rye bread. Mm-hmm. Um, a caraway seed mm-hmm. infused rye sourdough. So also I, I had not known this, but the traditional American Jewish ryes were also sourdough based. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not like a traditional Eastern European rye, which would have been maybe all rye flip. Uh, flour. Mm-hmm. This one is a mix of rye flour and, and unbleached organic white flour or bread flour. And it reminds me of my childhood and going to the Jewish bakery and getting the challah and getting a rye bread. Mm-hmm. And the baker uh, or the woman behind the mm-hmm. counter would always give you a cookie. <laughs> and I'm sure we get all the things back like, what, what's the cookie that we'd ask for when the person behind the bank? So I wanted those rainbow sprinkle cookies. Mm-hmm. But if I was lucky, my mom would buy me an, an iced gingerbread person mm. cookie mm-hmm. because of its enormous size mm-hmm. and it had icing mm-hmm. and you could bite its head off. <laughs> and what's more satisfying than a cookie with a head when you bite the head off? So there are memories from a childhood in the 60s going to the Jewish bakery, not all of whose cookies were sort of Eastern European or Jewish mm-hmm. influenced, but they have meaning for me because they were they were mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. Webby's, shout out to mm-hmm. Webby's Bakery in Studio City, which... Mm-hmm. Is it still there? It is no, not still not there, there, but there is, I think, a Webby's fan club around okay. the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, probably because it was a food I grew up on, the best rye bread mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm trying to recreate. Mm-hmm. And as I go deeper then into the generations before me, I want to find out what was the Lithuanian bread that my Jewish grandparents on my father's side would have been making and what's the Polish sourdough bread that my ancestors on my mother's sides would have made. Mm-hmm. And because of the Holocaust, some of those there's not a direct lineage anymore. It got displaced. It kind of just kind of destroyed and displaced. displaced. Yeah. So in the Jewish diaspora, mm-hmm. what traces of that still exist that mm-hmm. I can find? Um, because I'm a one-person operation, it's hard to both keep the bread going mm-hmm. and experiment. And experiment, yeah. exactly. right? Yeah. I mean, you guys know this. Work, you know, we, working yeah. your place, mm-hmm. we would like to have an experiment yeah. plot. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we'll try that and yes. we'll just let it. But yeah. you can't. We have experiment. we have space limitations, mm-hmm. so and it's people like limitations. Mm-hmm. people, people, space, mm-hmm. time, money, yeah, I mean, whatever. Yeah, so we could just bake your bread for you, then you can experiment. That's more. right. And I, I feel the same. Too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if someone else would get up and dawn feed the animals mm-hmm. and get water into yeah. the ground, mm-hmm. then you guys could experiment with growing yeah, We have the same thing. It's like, if it works, you know, if, it's, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of thing. Right. But because it is your livelihood, you say, well, this grew, we grow this and we can sell this. Right. Versus when you go look through a seed catalog, it's like, I want to try uh, that, 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 yes. that. But the only, if you grow mm-hmm. more of that, then it means less selling stuff. But even though you could eventually some, yeah. grow something that people want right but you don't know you don't know until you grow it and it may take a season or, or two, two or three or four, is this yeah. a fit uh, and it's absolutely true that that if um 
even I mean, there have been there have been people who want can I be your apprentice? apprentice. Yes. Uh -huh. And I have to weigh the time the it challenges. takes to change. That's right. To, to teach them. Right. That's mm -hmm. right. Now, if it could be like the traditional, oh, here's the oh, this is probably the French anecdote. Yeah, yeah. The the like the traditional. French bakery mm -hmm. where your teenage apprentice, mm -hmm. you could tell them all you do is sweep the floors <laughs> yeah. for 10 and years, no touching <laughs> the bread for 10 years, no touching the loaves, no touching, <laughs> no touching, no touching the loaves. <laughs> um, that would be great. So you're all looking right, for a 10 year yeah. sweeper? Yeah. <laughs> 10 year sweepers? 10 year. Contact right. Karen. That's right. Yeah. But you can't you want anything sweeping. else and you can't ask any questions. I'm sure she'll feed you bread though. I would. I would the feed bread and water. Yes, <laughs> yes. I mean that is that is one of the I think challenges about even running this business is my greatest desire. Hi, Marley. My greatest desire is to feed people. Mm -hmm. So, charging money for feeding people sometimes, you know, it's an uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. We know how that is. Yeah, because yeah. we feed people too. It's like we come and feed them. Right. And then make, putting a price on food. Right. And it's See, always especially for, for us who are... Food is a love language. Yeah. And, and, and food is a love language. Exactly. Yeah. And to put a price on, like, what are you worth? Yes. What is that loaf worth? Right. And to be competitive, too. Right. Because people are going to say, that's expensive. That, for crazy. that, you know, X amount of dollars right. for that, I can get that at, you know, this. Sorry, I'm like, wait. Break that down a little bit, you know. So, the but then you want to make it affordable yet too, right? Ish. So there's a it's a challenge. You don't want to aspect, you don't. and you want to speak and speak of that. There's the bread baking and the business. Yes. And the two, they, I, you not, can bake bread and be happy in your kitchen all day, but then be right. the businesswoman, then That's you just right. it's horrible. Philosophically, the bread baker is often at odds with, with the business, the business yes. model, mm -hmm. and that that knife's edge you yep. talked mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. about. You know, I, I'm baking what I'm calling a mm -hmm. daily bread. Mm -hmm. The bread our ancestors ate. But the price of it isn't a daily bread price, because, except for some people mm -hmm. who do have it as their daily bread, because of what ingredients cost, but also what time, time the time that is involved. Mm -hmm. um, so you, I imagine making it, um, uh, baking on a bigger scale would bring down the cost. Mm -hmm. But what does that do to the nature of this product itself? Yeah, you're you're limited. I mean, not limited, but you're... Yeah. Limited. You want to grow, yeah. but not grow. Too much. I mean, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I don't want to turn this into a... Um, uh, a what's it called? The a uh, an assembly line yeah, yeah. operation. Uh, right. Mm -hmm. That this is the joy that it gives me is the hands-on is creating is creating this piece, mm -hmm. but that's what adds invisible value mm -hmm. to this bread. I'm very lucky that all of my customers who then return and return to the farms tend to buy it here or come to the farmer's market or buy it mm -hmm. separately off my front steps um, are very appreciative of what has gone into this, that, it, that, that they can't find somewhere else. Um, we have, we have a, f a few terrific, uh, we have a, 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 another sourdough-oriented brick-and-mortar bake store in Pasadena, and that's wonderful because I think it feeds people's appetites for this kind of food. And my belief is the more people's appetites are fed for the highest quality food, 
that you change the way you think about food. When, when people come up to my farmer's market stand or a pop-up shop stand here at the homestead, um, and they say, oh, you're so bad. You're, mm-hmm. you're, oh, you're, you're filling me with temptation. Mm-hmm. I think this is a way of looking at food that really is messed up here in mm-hmm. America that isn't true, say, in Italy mm-hmm. or in France. That, is that in the fast food culture or is it American or culture? I think it's a Puritan uh, culture. That we're not supposed to enjoy food? We're not supposed to enjoy food. It's an event. It's an event. You you fill your tables. For hours. For (laughs) hours with conversation. With the best product you can find. Whether it's sweets Mm -hmm. or vegetables or from the ocean. Mm -hmm. And the the wine. And the wines. The the best. Mm -hmm. And it's a fully sensorily satisfying Mm -hmm. experience. And here... We, we, we struggle between denial and binge. Mm-hmm. And where's the enjoyment and the pleasure? And if we have a perfect, wonderful cookie mm-hmm. made with that old fashioned word, wholesome ingredients, mm-hmm. the way you see in the, mm-hmm. in vintage cookbooks, mm-hmm. wholesome cookies. Like nowadays we go wholesome, That's, we shouldn't be eating sugar, we mm-hmm. should. But if an occasional treat is the best of that category, mm-hmm. um, I think that's part of what life's all about. Yeah. And the sharing of it, I think, is the other part of what life's all about, is community and sharing the fruits of our labor. Um, and so I try gently to turn people's vocabulary when they come uh, to my table. Right. When they say, ooh, you're so evil or oh I shouldn't or Mm. right that's right that that I'll say if you have a cookie unless you have no serious right why not have the best Mm -hmm. moderation is yeah you can can overdose on water (laughs) right I mean theoretically you can can drink too much water there's no warning label there's a level beyond which water will be toxic yeah so there's actually it's actually possible right right so the the feeding people educating them on what goes in to this bread or these cookies and leaving an opening for a shift in how they even view food period um i think is what um i'm i hope i hope i'm doing Mm-hmm. I hope. I think we're well. in that. Yeah, I think we're in the same boat. We're educating people too. Right. You know, it, it not only providing what well, food. Well, you gotta love what you do because right. if you if you. We, if it's an education of to the community and right. to the people to educate them. Okay, what is this? Right. And why is this? And and and, and so where it's it an education. From, yeah, where it came from? How long? Yeah. So it's not you're not just begging. You're educating them right. too. Right. Absolutely. It's like a food food education program. I, I marvel or, at like the things that say our great grandparents used to know Mm -hmm. that they did without even thinking that now people think are too complicated Mm -hmm. to do I wouldn't know how to do that whether it's raising chickens Mm -hmm. or baking bread Mm -hmm. these most um, elemental of tasks that our our great grandparents not even just two generations away Mm -hmm. did without even thinking yeah I mean dad bought us like the McGuffey readers and it's like sixth grade versus Mm -hmm. I mean it's like stuff they read in sixth grade (laughs) Dead. Right. Stuff that master's degree now. Right. I mean, it's like right. And yeah. and there's a there's, how things change. I think there's yeah. a responsibility to if you if you have a skill, 
and you're passionate about it, mm -hmm. share the skill, mm -hmm. whether it's woodworking, mm -hmm. carpentry, music, music, breathtaking, share it. Um, my, my husband is a, a pianist and a, and a teacher, and so he's invested with the same passion in the let us not lose the art of playing music. Yes, being an audience member is wonderful, but we can all make music. Mm -hmm. And these things that people did as a matter of their daily life, mm -hmm. um, I hope we don't have to lose. Yeah, well, technology is part, mm -hmm. partly to blame. Mm -hmm. Right, Because right. You, you don't need to play music. Mm -hmm. Before, you, can, you could just... Right, you had to. If you want music, you had to play music. Yeah. And now, in an interesting way, though, technology, I think, is going to be part of bringing it back. Mm -hmm. Because certainly, I wouldn't have the reach of teaching and maintaining contact with students mm -hmm. who don't live in the neighborhood mm -hmm. if it weren't for technology. Mm -hmm. um, certainly the... And you learned a lot from the internet. And, and learned a lot. I mean, these being a self-taught baker, I did not go to culinary arts school, mm -hmm. um, but I credit these amazing um, authors who have revived the art of bread baking starting, I'd say, there may have been a lot, you might look back to the 60s and 70s as sort of the wheat bread mm -hmm. burgeoning, mm -hmm. coming back of whole grains, mm -hmm. but then in the 90s with some of the great baker authors mm -hmm. um, who were my mentors without ever, I never met them, but mm -hmm. they, they started me on the path. Mm -hmm. So that would be, what would be tips for yeah. home bakers or people that haven't done it or people that want to do it? Would you have some tips for them, our, um, our listeners? I would say uh, get one good bread baking book mm -hmm. or ask your grandmother, mm -hmm. although these days now grandma, I, I think about my grandmother who was of another generation, nowadays I'm old enough to be a grandmother and so my generation may not be the ones, mm -hmm. the, the best ones yeah. to ask. Mm -hmm. um, go online to, I think King Arthur Bread is a good resource website in the United States um, the, to find one good bread recipe to start with. Get a book for technique, you can use internet for one good recipe, mm -hmm. and do that one recipe, only that one recipe, mm -hmm. over and over and over again. To your, get it right. To get it right. Your first loaf is going to be bad. <laughs> Guaranteed. Your second loaf. You might have beginner's luck and your first loaf might be great, but then your second loaf will be bad. Either your first or second loaf is going to be a brick. Unless you attend your class. Yeah, you know, you unless you attend my class. Sign up here. Hand, there is nothing like hands-on teaching. Yeah, no, exactly. So wrapping up here, um, maybe some last words you'd like to share and where can people find you? Um, people can find me, I'll go in reverse, mm -hmm. at, here at the Urban Homestead, the Urban Homestead Farmstead, the Farm Box. Mm -hmm. Um, or the first Wednesday of every month at the Altadena Farmers Market, I'm part of the Green Circle at the north end of the market, which is a uh, collection of earth-loving folks who are sharing their skills, their crafts, and their philosophies um, to promote everything we've been talking about today. Um, and are you on Facebook? I am on Facebook. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, Justin. <laughs> Apron, Apron Strings. Strings Community Bake Shop. Mm -hmm. 
You can find me on, find me and like me. Yeah, find me. I really um, like you. Thank you. I really like you. <laughs> the bread's pretty good. The bread's pretty good too. Thank you. Yeah, that doesn't help. Liking me isn't dependent though on me bringing yeah. no, wonderful no. bread. Okay, that's good to know. That's I don't really think Marley cares. He just likes. Yeah, Marley you. doesn't care. Although he, I bet he, he likes a piece of bread with butter. <laughs> yes. And my, and my final words are: bake bread, bake simple bread, bake simple wholesome bread it will change your life to make bread with your own hands and the smell of bread in your house and to pull bread out of your own oven there is there is no um, no better satisfaction I think Nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish we could have smell like what it uh, smells. Smell, 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 and a pleasure having you, Karen. Um, maybe we'll have you, I, I'd love to have you guys back again, of uh, course, class. for a workshop, for yeah. class, um, when it cools down. <laughs> My pleasure. My um, absolute pleasure. So, yeah. Till next happy time. To see you. Yeah. Thanks again. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Whoa. Let's go down to the urban homestead, Pasadena by the freeway. Right down there on the urban homestead, Jules and his family are working away. Come on down to the farm in the city, back to the future, back to the plan. Right down there on the urban homestead, loving the life back into the land. Oh, oh, oh. help the garden grow, singing. Oh, 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 we've got to help the garden the Urban Homestead theme song was written and recorded by Tom Fair. Thanks, Tom. We've come to the end of this show. Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure to tune in again. Until next time, this is Annie, Justin, Jordan. Keep, Keep on, on growing. growing. Remember to follow us on our website, urbanhomestead.org. Also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. We love to hear your feedback. And if you'd like to become a podcast patron, go to urbanhomestead.org forward slash podcast.